Hi, listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. On January 15, 1979, Governor of Tennessee Ray Blanton issued pardons to 52 prisoners, including 23 convicted murderers. They were released to the streets of Tennessee, some only serving months in prison. The biggest concern was that these prisoners were corruptly sold their pardons by Governor Ray Blanton and his administration. Once under investigation, witnesses started disappearing, including Samuel Pettyjohn, who was shot execution cell just after testifying in court. This is the story of Ray Blanton and the Cash for Clemency scheme. Leonard Ray Blanton was a businessman and politician who served three terms in the U.S. House of Representatives from 1967 to 1973. He was also the Democratic governor of Tennessee from 1975 to 1979. As governor, he initiated a number of government reforms. But one of the biggest things he did bring to Tennessee was foreign investment. So that was pretty much new. That didn't really exist back then prior to him. But... The, the biggest thing about him as governor was that he was riddled with scandal. He was accused of selling pardons and also liquor licenses and a bunch of other things, to be honest. Mm-hmm. His administration was frequently accused of extravagant spending. He would take friends on trips at the state's expense, and his aides even charged $21,000 to state accounts for bar tabs, limousine rentals, and personal phone calls. Which I have to say, this is why I'm not a politician. I see nothing wrong with this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, it would be very tempting, you know, to be like, oh, let's, you know, we're doing a business dinner or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, add a few drinks and then ah, the state got this. Yeah, they <laughs> Don't got worry the about it. No worries. <laughs> it's a business trip anyway. <laughs> so they actually did eventually pay that tab of $21,000 back over time. But as you can imagine, like. That was already out there. But I feel like this is pretty normal for politicians. I I don't know. I feel like they all must do it. Maybe they just don't get caught. I mean, maybe. Or maybe it's not that amount of money, you know, where it's noticeable. A large amount of money where it's noticeable, maybe. Yeah, that could be. I mean, you think about it. Like 20 grand back in the 70s is very Mm -hmm. different from 20 grand now. Yeah, that's true. Like, imagine it's probably around, I don't know. $80,000 $80,000 difference. Oh, like okay. Compared to now. Mm-hmm. So it's a significant amount of money. And with that, he also even gave himself a $20,000 pay raise. Oh, it'd be so, so hard for me not to do that. You know, by doing, <laughs> you know, I don't think he could just like say, hey, I'm going to give myself a raise, but he ended up accepting it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just was kind of like a weird vibe mm-hmm. around him. Like everything was about money and it, it seemed to be kind of frivolous how he was spending it. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happened is his family actually owns a company. It's called B&B Construction. Mm-hmm. And they were actually awarded a paving contract at the state park, even though Blanton had assured the company would not do business with the state during his time as governor. So he kind mm-hmm. of went back on his word there. Okay. So as you can see, there's, there can be conflict of interest. Right. Uh, another scandal that actually happened was in 1977. It's called a surplus car scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened when state officials were accused of selling surplus state-owned cars to political allies. So because of that scandal, Charles Bell, the commissioner of general services, resigned. And Sonny McCarter, the director of the state surplus property division, pleaded guilty to two counts of embezzlement. 
Wow. Yeah. Eddie Shaw, the transportation commissioner, was indicted for his role in the scandal, but was later acquitted. Okay. And of course, this is all part of, again, Blanton's administration. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to say that he didn't really know what was going on or he was right. blind to it. In 1977, and this might have been one of the mistakes that he made, Blanton fired Mary Reggianti. Uh, she was the chairwoman for the State Board of Pardons and Parolees. Mm-hmm. She was fired when she refused to release prisoners who were pardoned by Blanton and his administration. Oh. Mary ended up later suing and won $38,000. Yes. And, against the state. Okay. So. She probably saw, hey, this is wrong. Like, why is he pardoning these people, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. Do absolutely. we know? Believe me, we'll get into that. Because okay. that's the biggest scandal of, of all. Right. So on December 15th, 1978, the FBI raided the state capitol and seized documents from the office of Blanton's legal advisor. Mm-hmm. T. Edward Sisk. Okay. Sisk and two others were arrested. The agents found marked $100 bills inside Sisk's pocket. Benson, who was arrested in the Nashville airport, had clemency papers with him for Eddie Dallas Denton. This Denton guy mm-hmm. was actually in prison for killing three people. Oh. So with recorded conversations of Taylor, the government said that all three men were part of the scheme to sell pardons for prisoners. Okay. Blanton appeared before a federal grand jury on December 23rd, where he denied any wrongdoing. Hmm. They were charging somewhere around $20,000 for each pardon. Okay, so they'd kind of go and say, hey, we can get you out of jail, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you murder. I mean, this guy murdered three people. I know, that's crazy. Pay this amount of money and we'll get you pardoned. Well, who has a right to pardon somebody? Mm-hmm. The governor of the state. Right. So that's kind of this whole scheme that was going on. But at that point in time, you know... Blanton, he wasn't really accused of anything at that point. It was really just his administration, or those okay. folks in his administration. $20,000 for pardons. Actually, to correct what I said earlier, it's equivalent to the power of spending of about $95,000 today. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's a significant amount of money. Right. Okay? So just a month after the raid, on January 15th, 1979, near the end of Blanton's term, he actually issued pardons to 52 prisoners, okay, including 23 convicted murderers. Mm-hmm. They're released to the streets of Tennessee, like I stated earlier. And one of them was actually Roger Humphreys, who had been convicted of double homicide. And he actually only served two months of a 20 to 40 year sentence. What? Let me repeat that one more time. Two months of a 20 to 40 year sentence. Roger Humphreys was convicted of killing his ex-wife and a male companion in 1973. He did so by firing 18 shots at them with a two-shot Derringer, which means he reloaded that pistol eight times. Oh my God. So hold on. So he issued 52 pardons Mm -hmm. and that didn't raise a flag? I mean, is well, nobody... I think that is what raised the flag, oh, right? Okay. Because of that, like nobody. But this guy still got released. Like he still got pardoned. So I mean, was anybody looking at the pardons? Like, is there such thing as sorry, governor, but we can't pardon this guy, or you know? Well, I think that's what happened with Mary. Okay. Mary Ragianti, the chairwoman of the state board of pardons and parolees. Mm-hmm. Remember, she was actually let go yeah because she refused oh okay during that time she was let go 
I believe this when this happened because she did sue the state afterwards. So maybe right. my timeline's a little bit off, and that's how it came off. Okay. But at this point in time, I think she's she's not nowhere to exist. Okay. So they're kind of like can do whatever the hell they want. Okay. Yeah, they're running the the place. <laughs> yeah, kind of running the show as they please. Mm-hmm. Okay, so get this: as Blanton signed Humphrey's pardon, he stated, "This takes guts." The Secretary of the State, Gentry Crowell who was disgusted with the pardons, replied, some people have more guts than brains. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true, right? Yeah. Aside from the double murder and the lack of time spent in jail, the biggest question was, why? Like, why are you letting this guy off? Right. Even if it's $20,000, like, really, you're going to put yourself out there. that's what I'm wondering. To potentially put, you know, the public at risk. And even you and your legitimacy as a governor Mm -hmm. at stake. Well, Roger Humphreys was the son of a close political ally to Governor Blanton. So it really seemed like he was doing this guy a favor and possibly making some money from it, too. Right. Right. So it all kind of like that definitely did not sit well with the public. So I remember seeing an interview where he was really being hammered Mm -hmm. about this Humphreys guy and Mm -hmm. how how he was released. And he kept on stating apparently Humphreys actually spent... uh, close to just under two years in jail before Mm -hmm. going to prison. And Blanton kind of said, well, he did his part. He spent about two years in in confined, right? Are you kidding me? But wasn't he sentenced to... 20 to 40 years. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. His thing was, well, he had a talent for um, photography. So he figured we can release him, pay him very little money because he's technically a part of this state release program, Mm -hmm. which actually Blanton was very proud of. It Mm -hmm. it was one of the biggest things that he was selling point of trying to release prisoners that were, have been reformed and Mm -hmm. are doing better. Mm -hmm. And he even contracted him to do photography for, you know, family events and things like that. So he's really trying to make it seem like this is, this was a good guy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it was an act of passion with the two murders that he actually did. That was kind of his justification for making right. it okay. Like right. He spent his time. He's better now. Oh, my gosh. But clearly, everybody knew, right? The media knew that who Roger Humphreys was mm-hmm. and the relationship between his father and Blanton. So it just did not look well. Right. While Blanton stated the pardons were to comply with a court order to reduce the state's prison population... Probably similar to what we've seen here in California the last year, right? Mm -hmm. The FBI and members of both the Republican Democratic parties were concerned that the pardons were related to the alleged scandal, Mm -hmm. which was under investigation at that point. So after U.S. Attorney Hal Hardin, who was actually a friend of Blanton, tipped off the state leaders that Blanton was planning even more pardons. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because at this point, he'd already lost the, the race for the following term. So... You know, he was done. At this point, he was like, okay, how many more can I do? How much more money can I make, right? Right. So it was kind of like... He didn't even care. He didn't this even point. care. Like, why would he care? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm just trying to make my money. <laughs> so one of the names rumored as targets of Blanton's last-minute pardon spree included James Earl Ray. So I'm not sure that's... Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, isn't that... Um the, the the guy that assassinated MLK, right? Absolutely, yes. Wait a minute. He was going to pardon him? There was a rumor. So I don't know how likely that was, because I know there was a pre... In the interview that I was talking about, uh-huh. he specifically said, I'm not targeting every murderer. 
Oh. It's only certain people. So there are like certain the murderers ones. that, yeah, that can be you know, reformed. The- but there are others that absolutely should never be out. Oh, but- Like James Earl Ray. Oh he specifically called out his name. Okay. So, well, it may be unlikely. That could have been maybe fuel. I don't know if it was a real rumor or not. Or, mm-hmm. or there's truth behind the rumor. Right. But it was thrown out there, right? So, yeah. obviously, that's going to stress out people. Well, yeah. Yeah. Lieutenant Governor John S. Wilder and the State House Speaker Ned McWhorter searched for a way to prevent further damage. They actually found in the state constitution on when a newly elected governor must be sworn in. So they kind of created a loophole there. Yeah. And they eventually decided to swear in Lamar Alexander, the next governor, Mm -hmm. who had won the 1978 gubernatorial election three days before the traditional inauguration day. Okay. So just three days before to try to get, you know, get out of more pardons coming through. Right. Uh, that way it would cut him off before he can he do further anymore. damage. Yeah. Exactly. And that actually happened. So they, they kind of sped it up a little bit three days prior to. And, you know, at that point, Lamar Alexander, the new governor, kind of took office and it stopped that from happening. He's like, no more. Yeah, <laughs> no more. It. No kidding. So although never formally charged in the pardons... Blanton was eventually indicted on charges of mail fraud, conspiracy, and extortion for selling liquor licenses. Mm -hmm. He was convicted and sentenced to federal prison, and he was released on July 18th, 1986. Was he pardoned? He was not pardoned. (laughs) Uh, He actually only served 22 months. Oh, my God. And he returned back to Tennessee after that point. Mm -hmm. So, although a panel of six circuit court of appeals initially reversed the convictions... Because of the way in which the district court conducted the preliminary examination of the witnesses. Mm-hmm. That decision was vacated by the court's decision to rehear the case. So the full Sixth Circuit Court affirmed Blanton's convictions and the Supreme Court denied review. So in January 1988, nine of the 11 charges were thrown out in a separate appeal. So Nine out of the 11, nine of the 11. were thrown out. Right. Wow. So... Eventually, in 1996... And I'm sorry, they were thrown out because you're saying that the way that they did the... Ex- the way they examined the witnesses. The way that they examined the witnesses? Yeah, I guess there was issues there. I mean, I don't have a whole lot more detail behind it, but I thought it was interesting that 9 out of the 11 charges were thrown out. Wow, that has to be frustrating. Yeah. yeah I mean, and that's just for like some of this stuff, like right. the liquor license stuff, right. not even the pardon situation, right? Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, Ray Blanton passed away in 1996. So, that's a story of the corrupt ex-governor, Ray Blanton. Wait, that's it? We're done? No, not really. Oh, I was like, what? (laughs) That is until June of 2021, where even more of the story came out. But Wait, June 2021? That's this month? Yeah, this month. Like, weeks ago. Yeah, I saw this article. I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. It was kind of shocking. That's what led me to research it. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you more about that. After this commercial break. That was fantastic, Jose. You want to know what I just did? What'd you do? I just tried. I opened up, and you don't get any. I opened up the new wine that I received from Wine of the Month Club. So do you, Jose, want to treat yourself or someone special to great wines? Month after month? I would love to. Well, now you can with Wine of the Month Club. 
With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts! We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click on the Wine of the Club Month link and sign up, we will earn a commission. You can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code HOLIDAY15 to get $15 off any four-month club, or you can use promo code HOLIDAY20 for $20 off any six-month club, which sounds like a win-win to me. You get to stay home during this COVID-19 pandemic, quarantine by yourself, and your wines. And they ship free. What? Hey, Jose. So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. They find everything you usually buy. You can get smart suggestions for new items. They even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. We are a proud affiliate of Instacart. So head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link. Investigators in Hamilton County have been working hard at this 42-year-old case of Samuel Pettyjohn since they renewed their investigation in 2015. No new charges will be filed because all the major players involved are now dead. Mm -hmm. But authorities say closing the case provides closure to one aspect of the complicated piece of Tennessee history. New details have revealed that former Tennessee Governor Blanton's administration helped fund a contract murder of a key federal witness decades ago during the pardon scandal that we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Samuel Pettyjohn, a Chattanooga businessman and close friend of Jimmy Hoffa, by chance, was fatally shot in 1979 in downtown Chattanooga after testifying before a federal grand jury during the early phases of the Cash for Clemency scandal. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to stop you there. I have no idea what any of that meant. <laughs> yeah, I, it, was, like, it was a little wordy. Well, let me go back. So basically what they're saying is that Governor Blanton was involved in basically a hit to murder this guy. To murder okay, this Samuel, Petty, Samuel Pettyjohn. To murder Samuel Pettyjohn, okay, right? Okay. And the reason for that was because he had just testified in court against the pardon scandal. Well, why is that interest to him? Because he's kind of like the main target that they can't get. Okay. Right? So he happens to testify, and then he's shot execution style right after. Wow. And who's Jimmy? Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa is that, like, I guess it's kind of famous, right? I think most people know, but he is, he was like a famous labor union leader back in the 70s. And I guess what's kind of the big deal is that he just disappeared. Oh, okay. But people think it's because the mob and the ties that they had around there. And- and Samuel Pettyjohn and Jimmy were close friends. Right. Okay, got it. They, got they it. knew each other. Okay. And to confirm just one last thing, the clash for clemency scandal is the pardon scandal. Okay. That's just what they called it, I guess, afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, Hamilton County District Attorney Neil Pinkston said, and I quote, Essentially, Mr. Pettyjohn cooperated with authorities and knew too much about what was going on locally, as well as at the state level. And individuals didn't like that, so individuals hired someone to murder him. Oh. 
Simple as that. So that's why it was a contract hit, right? Okay. Knew too much. Right. He, he was about to kind of, you know, rat them out. So Right. So they're like, he has to go. He's got to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, of course, like I stated before, Ray Blanton got a lot of heat for this, right? For the pardon scandal. But he was never indicted in the investigation. However, questions still lingered about what extent the governor's administration went to to kind of cover things up, mm-hmm. right? And kind of turn the investigation in a different direction. So now get this. Officials say at least five witnesses in the case were murdered or killed themselves. Wow. Five of them. Okay. Five witnesses. That's not a coincidence. This at is all. just one. Petty John is just one of them. So a little bit more on Petty John. Petty John's role was to meet with inmates to indicate that money would help secure an early release from prison. So this Petty John guy, Samuel, so he was the inside man, essentially, right? He was the one that would meet with the inmates and say, hey, pay 20 grand and you'll get pardoned. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Wow. Okay. Petty John was joined by William Thompson. Okay who had been involved in Blanton's election campaign. And remember, he was actually convicted in the cash for clemency scandal that I spoke about earlier Mm -hmm. in the pardon scandal. Petty John and Thompson would drop payments off at the governor's office in the Capitol. Wait, hold on. How did Samuel... Like, how would he go drop off money? Wasn't he in prison? I think he would just visit prisoners. It wasn't that he was actually a prisoner himself. Oh, okay. I thought he was a prisoner. Okay, so he wasn't. He would just go and visit inmates and tell them, hey, pay 20 grand and you will be pardoned. Yeah, I okay, think that's how it. it worked. Sorry. <laughs> As federal investigators began examining whether the governor's office was exchanging cash for parole, Petty John was subpoenaed to testify about the ongoing scheme. Petty John eventually agreed to cooperate with FBI agents even going as far as providing a list of people who made payments to the governor's office for the early release of certain prisoners. Oh, no. That, okay. Yeah, he's ready to go down. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with that information that he has. Mm-hmm. Well, shortly after, unfortunately, Petty John was killed in what authorities describe as an execution-style hit. Witnesses told authorities that they saw a black man in a trench coat exiting Petty John's store. And meanwhile, Petty John was found with his pistol nearby, which had not been fired, and more than $100,000 on him, which was a ton of money. I mean, $100,000 back then. Right. That's a lot. And for it to not even be touched, which is, you know, really odd. Right. Clearly, it wasn't a robbery. Exactly. Well, according to Pinkston, remember, he was the DA, Mm -hmm. Ed Alley, a known bank robber who died in 2005 in federal prison, was hired by several sources to kill Petty John. Oh. Pinkston said those sources included an undisclosed third party who paid some of the contract money on behalf of the Blanton administration. So this person is outing the Blanton administration that they paid a part of this contract. The estimated total murder price was between $25,000 and $50,000. Again, quite a bit of money back then, right? So the DA Pinkston stated that I'm very sure I'm proof positive regarding the certainty behind Blanton's administration helping pay for Petty John's murder. Officials say Ed Alley, who was white, wore a wig, glasses, and covered his skin in heavy brown makeup to deceive any witnesses. Wow. It's just wrong. Right. Cooperating individuals 
indicated Ed Alley admitted Pettyjohn was murdered for various reasons, including he was a source of cooperation for the FBI in the investigation of Governor Ray Blanton. Mm-hmm. So this is according to the findings from the Hamilton County Grand Jury. Okay, The Grand Jury concluded that if Ed Alley were alive today, he would be charged with first-degree premeditated murder of Samuel Pettyjohn. But he's already dead. Right. Mike Mathis, supervisor of Hamilton County's cold case unit, acknowledged that it was highly unusual for a prosecutor's office to pursue a grand jury when most of the involved parties were dead, but said the county chose to do so for the first time because it gives you a legal closing. Just true. It's I mean, true. It's right. absolutely true. Yeah. And what's crazy is that, you know, obviously Blanton was involved in this, or there was speculation that he was heavily involved with this mm-hmm. back then in the 70s, right. but he was never indicted. I know, that's crazy. And now here it kind of proves that he was even paying for a hit against a witness. Right. And then you have the five others that disappeared. You know, it just seems crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. So I, I found this story very interesting. Definitely. And once the second part of it came, because think about it up to prior to June, this guy, this governor was just like kind of known as a corrupt governor that was, you know, taking money as a bribe to pardon prisoners. Mm-hmm. But, but this, it's so much more than oh, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So now, much more than that. Now it's involving murder and a hit. Like, that's just right. nuts. So, unfortunately, Blanton was never charged in the scandal, like you said. But it is clear that he was very much involved in orchestrating possibly even hits against witnesses that simply knew too much. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at podcasttruecrimeweekly. And please don't forget to support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast forward slash support the show. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.